at Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week, I'm joined by Sif Pop writers, Jake. There can only be one. <laughs> um, so both Jake's on the show today. Um, how do you guys, like, I think I think it'll just be fun to say Jake and, and whatever, whenever that prompt is there. Like, whoever feels like going, you just go, right? Like, let's just embrace the chaos. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. This or is I'll just be- say Jake's and, yeah. you know, like... I love that. Start the year off with a new year off with the Elmo Chaos dot GIF. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Hold on, hold on. GIF. Oh, did I say GIF? You said GIF. Oh, dang it! I I am Team GIF as well. I don't I don't care how you pronounce. Well, actually, no, I do. Um, I was I was, <laughs> um, I was just say I don't care how you pronounce as long as you understand. No, but no, that doesn't make any sense. No, it is hard G. Yes, I slip up my bad. There you go. I just I have to get it straight on this podcast. So, um, Jake, are you team GIF or GIF? Uh, definitely on team hard G GIF as Good. well. So. I was gonna say I might have to fire you, but <laughs> not before I hear your thoughts on Lady Bird and Marcel the Show with shoes on, which we will do uh, after the intro, the coming attraction. We'll have uh, Night Swim and Self Reliance as kind of the two movies coming out this week. Um, that are worth talking about. We'll do the B plot, uh, best ever movies based off of shorts, which surprisingly, like we all know, there's a good amount of them. You know, a couple of them immediately come to mind. Um, but uh, but yeah, like there's certainly a lot more than I'd thought. Like I knew Marcel the Shell shoes what with shoes on was one, and there's a couple that I knew that I didn't really like the movie, but there's some really great ones out there. So we will discuss them, and we have a C plot this week, as coined by Jake. Because um, I don't feel equipped for this to be a full B plot, but we did discuss the idea of shorts that you would like to see turned into feature films that are not yet. So the Jakes will comment on the C plot and I will shut up and listen for a while. So we'll wrap up with the spinoff, of course. But first, let's um, play game. Guys, I was telling you, I was telling you um, we have a couple different options. Um, we've done the movie grid a couple of times ago, or I thought like, I, we're kind of figuring out, I think ultimately, like, I just want to play a game at the start, you know? So whether it's movie grid, cool. If we want to even like test out Cinnanurdle sometimes, you know, a lot of our Sip Pop people have been playing that. that I don't know tough. how that would translate to the podcast, but that would like. Be tough, especially with the 20 second timer. Yeah. I, I think that'd be. Well, and that could go rough. really long and it was, yeah. maybe I'll try it out one week, but, um uh that might be a two-person yeah maybe the maybe one time when there's two people but or we could play this other game that i've seen floating around tiktok which essentially just says um i'm gonna give you a category and you have to pick two films from that category that you think that the rotten tomatoes critic score is gonna add up to a hundred percent and the closest to a hundred without going over is going to be uh the winner so uh what do you guys want to do movie grid or the add to a hundred uh, I thought the Rotten Tomatoes game sounded fun. Yeah, let's be guinea pigs. Yeah. Sure, I love guinea pigs. They're just like fun, you know. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, that's right. Flickster's not an app anymore. Oof. Um, <laughs> I know it's like rolled into Fandango, but uh, okay. So here's the deal. Uh, the, the way this game is going to work is I'm going to give you guys just any sort of broad thing, and you have to give me 
um, two films that you think are going to add up to a hundred critic score without going over the closest to a hundred without going over will win. So um, let's do this. Um, we can see how round one goes if we want to see how long it takes. If we want to go more rounds, we can, but let's at least do this one. Uh, let's do 2023 movies, movies that came out this year. Okay. Okay. Uh, I can go first if you want. And obviously like no looking it up right now, you know, right. like, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'll go first. Okay. Um, uh, I'm going to do, I'm the president of this fan club and I know it got mixed reviews, so it seems like it's a good place to start. I'm going to start with, uh, to catch a killer. Okay. Yep. First movie. Okay. And then another one that seems like it would probably be mixed. I don't think I'm going over with this. I have no idea what this Rotten Tomato score is. But I'm going to go anyone but you. Ooh, all right. Okay. So your 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 strategy is two that you think are going to be between 40 and 60. Mm, okay. So we'll see. All right. All right. Very nice. Uh, Jake H., yeah, so I was kind of trying to feel out like one that I think would be pretty low and then one that would be on the higher end, but not too high. Um, so I was going to go with Pain Hustlers. Okay. And Flora and Son. Okay. I am going to go kind of same strategy as close to 100 as I think I can and as close to zero as I think I can. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like Killers of the Flower Moon is the safest bet to like closest to 100 as you can. Uh, or Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Uh boy. Um let's go let's go Killers of the Flower Moon. And for my lowest uh guess, I'm gonna go Oh boy, I think that would even still put it over. Um because I actually I'm not gonna pick this one because I, I remember actually seeing recently um I know the score for Expendables 4 is 14%. <laughs> and I think I think that will still go over. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna go oh boy. No, I'm going to go Fool's Paradise. Um, Charlie Day's movie that I don't think anybody liked. Um, so I'm going to guess Killers of the Flower Moon is going to be like close to 95 and Fool's Paradise is about as close to zero as I think we're going to get. So probably should have gone a little bit like high 80s instead of 90s. But you know what? Uh, we on this podcast risk it for the biscuit. So um, I'll start off in the order we labeled them. So Jake, your first guess was to catch a killer sitting pretty at i guess i don't know 51 percent. all right so you're you're right there man and anyone but you i have no idea what this is but this seems like this should be a 40 percenter i think i think you're right i think it's going to be somewhere in that 40 range um 54 percent wow <laughs> that is about no! as close to 100 as you can get but you are unfortunately five percent over now here's the thing if we are all also over I'm gonna give you the win, mm-hmm. but so close, man. That is that is about as close as it gets. Okay, uh, Pain Hustlers for Jake Hort. Pain Hustlers is sitting at 23. percent Okay, okay, really. <sighs> that's Does that surprise anybody. I mean, that's yes. Is, are you are you saying surprised in how high it is? <laughs> uh, no, and how low it was. I I thought it was fine. It's an okay movie. That's another one that feels like it should be more around like 50%. Guys, I have a sneaking feeling that this is going to be weird because Flora and Son is sitting at 93%. Oh, wow. Okay, that's higher than I thought it would be. Me too. Me too. 
All right. I think we're all going to get over and Jake's going to wind up winning this. Killers of the Flower Moon. Watch this be 100. Just watch it. <laughs> and then I'm screwed unless Fool's Paradise is zero. Uh, 93%. Okay. I need oh, 7% or lower on really Fool's Paradise. That's really hard to do. That's really hard to do. I'll be impressed if you manage this. Fool's Paradise. Watch it be like 60. Like only the critics liked it, right? Fool's Paradise. Come on. Load internet. The anticipation is killing me. Come on. 18%. Shucks. Well, we all technically lose. However, Jake was the closest. Um, Winning on a technicality. Winning on a technicality. So Jake had 105%. And Jake had (laughs) 126. No, 116%. That's closer than I thought. Like you, you hear twenty three and ninety three, but yeah, that's math, right? Yeah, yeah. And I had a uh, hundred and uh, boy, math. One hundred eleven. Uh, no, I think you were higher than that. Ninety three and eighteen. Oh, ninety three and eighteen. One eleven. Yeah. 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 And I'm just gonna look just because I'm curious. Uh, I'm not gonna tell what movie I'm doing, but. Um, I'm just going to see, oh, that's the wrong movie. Uh, that's, mm. Let's go, Popes. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's try this, uh, just because I'm curious. Wow. I just wanted to guess what I thought would be the, a good one for a super low one, and it was at 50%. So good thing I didn't go that right. <laughs> way over. Yeah, I think the strategy is 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 either unless you're confident that you know a 100 and a zero, like you know, like Paddington two and oh shoot, what was that Jack like? Jack and Jill maybe. Uh, yeah, like Jack and Jill. I was like, what was yeah. that like? Zero percent one. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. The like, unless you're super confident, then it's kind of should be kind of really difficult. Um, but. Um, like, I think that goal should be kind of shoot for that, like 85 and 15, if you're going to go that strategy, but, uh, okay. Um, I'm not satisfied with that because Jake, Jake wins on a technicality. Um, so I think we need to get an actual win, like a proper win. I'm here for it. So, um, let's do another round. Although we're not going to do 2023 films. Let's go. I want it to be like more specific than like a decade but mm-hmm. like not specific enough that it's like oh well we're all picking the same three uh, movies um so let's go with you know you what do- i got an idea let's go with my oh no because like I, I also don't want you guys to have to look it up because then you're maybe like yeah um, well who's got let's try ridley scott he's very hot and cold so what about That's like fair. Ridley Scott? Let's movie? let's do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. That way, if I see the scores, we're all good. We're gonna go. You have to pick movies from my favorite year in movie history. Okay. Uh, 1994. Right. So I'll give you some like options. Right. Like, or I'll I'll give you some like you know I can confirm or deny. Yeah. I I don't see the Rotten Tomato scores just on a Google review. So all right. So we got Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Ed Wood, Shawshank Redemption, City Slickers 2, Maverick, Hudsucker Proxy, Three Ninjas Kickback, Pulp Fiction, um, Star Trek Generations. We got uh, Quiz Show is on here. True Lies, Clear and Present Danger, The Crow, Natural Born Killers. Okay, Forrest I got my Gump, Leon the Professional, The Mask. Um I think this was also the the three Jim Carrey years, so Dumb and Dumber as well. Um, Interview with a Vampire, um, Speed, 
Um, Beverly Hills Cop 3. Um, Stargate SG-1. There was a Green Hornet movie. Best Picture winner was the... It was the... Wasn't it... It wasn't Pulp Fiction or Shawshank like it should have been. Oh, it's Forrest Gump. Uh, Little Women. The Kira Knightley one, I think. I, I, I think I've got my two one. guesses. Do you have yours, Jake? So you just need me to keep listing off some movies. Uh, nope. I think I'm ready to go. Oh, Ace Ventura was the other one. All right, I'm gonna go first. Um, I'm gonna pick. We're gonna go for the high-low strategy again. Um, I'm gonna pick Clear and Present Danger. I think that's gonna be like a comfortable like 73 or so. Yeah, that's also one of mine that I have written okay. down. It's also like an incredible movie. So, so, so feel free to put that down for me. And yep. Hopefully- and I'm gonna- Hopefully you didn't pick the same second as I did. I'm going to go Beverly Hills Cop 3, a movie that I've not seen. All right, and then just to round out mine, since uh, we've got half of mine done, the other one I picked out was Three Ninjas Kick Back. Sure. Yeah, the best Three Ninjas movie. (laughs) Okay. All right, Jake. All right, so I'm going to go True Lies for one. Okay. Where do you think that's lying? Like, what's your guess on percentage? Hoping around 75. Okay. It's kind of like the ballpark I'm shooting for there. Um, and then, admittedly, I'm not super familiar with the year, so I'm just looking at a list of posters. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. one that looks decent but not great, I'll say Guinevere. Guinevere. Okay. It's like a King Arthur. Oh, and so there King was Arthur. Pagemaster and Guinevere? Oh, King Arthur movies are always not great. That's true. I think True Lies is actually in the 90s. Um Okay. But okay, uh, well, let's start with uh, let's do reverse order then, right? Um, since Jake and I are gonna have like some big thing. Uh, oh shoot, no, I'm wrong. All right, True Lies is seventy one. All right, you're about right. Okay, you're about right. And Guinevere, uh, twenty six. All right, that's pretty good. Oh yeah, Ooh. there we go. That's Justin gonna be Thunder. tough to beat. I think we're screwed, Aaron. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we have to beat what a ninety seven. Yeah. That's well done by you. I should have looked at the posters. I should have done what you did. All right. I should have well, done hold on. You're picking posters. three ninjas kick back, right? Yeah. That's a 15, okay? Uh, okay. Yeah, good start. So I don't think I'm going over. The, I figured <laughs> clear and present danger was somewhere in the 70s. So I just need it to be a little higher than that. I think it's actually going to be. I think it's going to surprise me how big, how high it is. Um it's like maybe the it's besides Hunt for Red October, it's for sure the best Jack Ryan movie. Mm-hmm. I've got eleven percent on Beverly Hills Cop Three. Okay. 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 All right, Jake. If we're we're looking for like eighty something, eighty two to eighty five would either tie or win it for you. Eighty. Um, you, need, you basically need me to you you're walking a tightrope because you need me to go over. But you yeah, I, I, I think I have like one percent flexibility to win. Okay, big reveal. Uh, Jake, have you seen Clear and Present Danger? I I think it's my favorite of the Harrison Ford. Um, oh yeah, and I used to love Patriots game, and it's it's good, but Clear and Present Danger. I think I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know I've seen all those. I think I gave it four stars, but we'll see. Yeah. What about you, Jake? Have you seen Clear and Present Danger? Uh, it's been a while, but I've seen it maybe ten years ago. Um, What's I feel your, like mid eighties sounds about right for it. So I think it's actually going to be like sneakily like a n- low nineties. Okay. All right. Moment of truth. Here we go. Clear and present danger. Rotten tomatoes. Eighty one percent. Jake. <laughs> Jake, you lost wow. by one point. 
<laughs> All right, so I end up with 92%, which, you know, respectable, you know? That's a, yeah. that's a really good score. In a <laughs> the vacuum. fact that the farthest off was a 92%, yeah. Uh, Jake, who won the first round with an asterisk, is getting a 96% and losing to a 97%. Wow. Oh, well done, guys. Well done. Good job. Um, <laughs> this is, I love this game. This is fantastic. And I think it's better entertainment than the movie grid. Uh, yeah. We might, like, we'll see how this goes. I think I'll give people the option for the next couple episodes, but we'll kind of see how this goes. But yeah, I, I like this a lot. Gets the suspense going, all that. Um, and by me picking a category and you not knowing it earlier, you can't, like, do your own research or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that was a good amount of fun. So so Jake B wins with an asterisk the first time, and Jake H wins the second time proper with everybody kind of getting a pretty good honorable mention, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, we were all pretty close on both. So nobody was like way off on, mm-hmm. on any other guesses. So yeah, it's I'm ready for like, I love watching people do this on TikTok because they're like, I'm going to guess this one probably has a zero and it winds up being like 60 and they're like, what, how? And, and then they, and then the other one they pick is like whatever, or they're like, I'm going to pick these two. I think these two will add up to about 80 and they add up to like 30. And it's like, yeah, obviously not. You know, you picked Grown Ups two and hotel Transylvania four, you know, like <laughs> no way that's equaling 80. You're lucky if you break double digits on that one. Anyway. Um, that's a lot of fun. Um, Thanks for playing along, guys. I have one question for you that is sort of random. Um, normally not pop culture related. This is kind of pop culture tangential. tangential. Um, but it was the first question that came up in the random questions generator today. Guys, I want to know, what is your favorite book? Wow. Uh, there's a couple different answers because there's books that I've read a few different times. I'm just going to give two answers. One okay. that's like the best overall and one that like I've read five times and keep going back. Uh, ironically, they're both true stories. Um, but one of the books that my dad recommended to me, and it's one of those things that you read and it's a true story and you're like, how is this even real? Um, and it's called Unbroken. It was oh, yeah. adapted into a movie by Angelina Jolie. And the it's movie's fine. The movie's fine. Yeah, but when you're reading it, you're like, oh my gosh, how does this keep getting worse for this guy? How does he keep surviving? He's a it's about a guy who's a track athlete uh at the Hitler Olympics. And then his plane gets shot down and he has to sur- survive in the ocean. Then it gets worse. He gets captured by the Japanese. And it's about how he struggles and then comes back from that. So it's just super powerful. It's fantastic. Uh, the other one that I just go to, uh, I've read five times and it's just a fun read. It's the best biography I've ever read. It's uh, Sandy Koufax, A Lefty's Legacy. Oh, cool. Um, biography about the Brooklyn Dodgers pitcher, uh, Sandy Koufax. And it alternates between sort of chronologically going through his life in a biographical sense and like going through the nine innings of the perfect game he pitched, which was pitched alongside a one hitter from the other pitcher. (laughs) So it's, it's a really fun framing device for a biography and it's, 
really well researched. He doesn't really talk at all, and I don't think he talked for this, but it's so it's cobbled together with interviews and uh, some sort of archived materials. But it's a great sports biography if you like that sort of thing. Very nice. Um, all right, Jake, what do you have? Uh, yeah, um, first one that comes to mind is The Martian. Um, really good book. Uh, it's got great humor. It's inspiring. Um, Andy Weir is one of the best at writing like science, um, kind of not just science fiction, but like the actual science and kind of scientific thought and exploration kind of ideas. Um, the first time I read it, I was traveling through the Galapagos, which kind of itself is like a crazy barren foreign <laughs> environment. Um, so kind of just an interesting way to like frame what I was reading with kind of the world that I was seeing, um, and kind of definitely left an impact on me. And plus, nice. great movie adaptation as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's one of those that is on my... Like, I, I bought a decent amount of books in the COVID pandemic times. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of since, because I started to get into reading again, like, for fun. And I just haven't... You know, then the world kind of returned to normal-ish. And um, I'm... Uh, it, it, is one, it was, like, the first one that I bought. Was, like, you know, that movie's excellent. And I've heard the book is just as good, so... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll say uh, the first one that comes to mind. I, I mean, most of the books that I've read were like for college and uh, in my master's degree and whatnot. So it's a lot of, like theolo- theology heavy books. But like, I think just the one that comes to mind is Rainbow Six by Tom Clink. Obviously, that one's not the theology. Um, I, tr- I wanted to kind of go more towards like uh, just regular. And that's why, like, I am so excited for um I was so excited for Without Remorse, which I wound up reading the book before the movie came out and never do that again, uh, <laughs> except for Dune Part 2. Um, but I uh, I just, like, I really love that book. I think it's 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 just kind of excellent. And I read it because I love the video games. And I, every time I see Rainbow Six mentioned in an article in terms of the movie that was supposed to be a sequel to Without Remorse, it sounds like it's still happening. And please... I need it. Um, I don't, whoever's listening that's in charge of that stuff. Like I need that in my life, especially cause you teased it in without remorse and you can't just tease it and not give it to me. So um, yeah, just make it better than without remorse um, or better yet. Make it a mini series, especially it's Amazon run. Amazon's already doing that stuff. Make it like, you know, eight episode hour long each, like you did Jack Ryan and you'll have my full, but be prepared. It's like 782 pages and it's like a lot of words per page. So it's not a small book in case you're deciding to read it, but it is well worth your time, especially like when things start happening. Um, as a, as a fantasy nerd, you, you cannot scare me away with trivial things like book length. <laughs> I, I just know that like Tom Clancy is a very like technical writer. And so he'll describe something. I don't think I've read any Tom Clancy. So, but I like those sort of espionage type, you know. Yeah, yeah. I would say, and I would say, Rainbow Six is even a good starting place. Like, there's certainly characters that have appeared beforehand. There's no Jack Ryan in there, but there's certainly characters that have appeared in like other like works that he's done. Um, but uh, but I don't think you need to necessarily know. Um, and it's just great. And there's specifically like I think there's five encounters of because Rainbow Six is a counterterrorism unit, um, like a multi international and. I think there's five times that the team is sent out and every single time it it's just like so vivid and like so tense and you just kind of feel it and you're like anything can happen at any point. It's kind of like when you uh, like 
it's kind of like when you're watching like a Game of Thrones, right? And you get to the white, the red wedding scene. And you're like, something's happening. I don't know what, but something bad is about to happen. And then it does. And then lots of bad things happen. And you're like, okay, I need a breather, you know? So <laughs> it's kind of that. So, uh, and also not for the faint of heart. But, um, if you're looking for a new 800 page book, Rainbow Six is about as good as you get. So let's move on to the coming attractions. Then let's talk about self-reliance and night swim. Um, Jake B, since you won our game, I'm going to let you pick which one you want to talk about first. Uh, that should be Jake H. Then, cause he's oh, the you're right. Who, you won the first round. You're right. Jake H. Officially... Yep, you're right. The official winner. Yeah. Oh boy. Chaos already ensuing. Jake, would Who's you like to talk this? about night swim or self-reliance first? Um, I would definitely talk about self-reliance first. Very nice. Uh, Self-Reliance is a new movie coming, uh, it says in theaters January 3rd, um, but it also says Hulu, so I don't know if it's one of those, like, both. Um, I don't know, I'm just the in theaters thing. But I think also it's doing, I, like, a one-day limited release. Okay. Well, I'm also, thing. like, IMDb is saying January 12th, but the poster says January 3rd, and Wikipedia said the 3rd. So maybe 12th is Hulu, and uh, I, I don't know, man. Release strategies in November to February are just mind-blowing but mm-hmm. uh it's a new film um written and directed by jake johnson starring jake johnson anna kendrick andy samberg christopher lloyd wayne brady um produced by the lonely island as well so i'm sure we're gonna get some other like lonely island regular cameos at least um but uh um uh, jake since you picked this film um where are you gonna land on the scale of anticipation oh up uh, by the way, synopsis first. Given the opportunity to participate in a life or death reality game show, one man discovers there's a lot to live for. Um, so based off of all that, are you going to be going... Again, we're taking the Hulu equation out of this. We're going to say it's just a normal theatrical release for the purposes of the scale. I'm going to assume that you have a clear schedule and budget's not going to take into effect on any of this. Um, would you... Check it out in theaters. Wait till you can rent it at home. Wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for. Would you kind of wait to see everybody's initial reaction or are you just not interested in this movie? Uh, Yeah, my anticipation level is definitely in the theaters for this one. Uh, Shout out Jake Johnson, another member of the Jake Army. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Big fan of his work. Uh, Just finished up binging through New Girl a few weeks ago. Um, I think his comedy is great. I'm excited to see kind of what he's doing behind the camera um, as well as in front of it. Um, Big fan of Lonely Island and all their films. Um, Pop Star is an underrated classic. Um, for sure. And just, yeah, I've been looking for this one for a while. It was first supposed to come out like back in the fall and just kept getting pushed and pushed. So kind of excited to see what finally is going to be happening with it. Uh, and other Jake, uh, since it's the Jake Army one, uh, what, where are you laying on this scale? I'm going to go streaming. This does look like a lot of fun. Uh, there's, there's just something in me that says, eh, what if it's not great though but so i think that takes me out of paying money for it but it does look like a lot of fun so streaming and you know when it actually comes to hulu which i pay for anyway uh, i will definitely fire this up uh probably the first day it's out because it's probably going to be a lot of fun uh, I'm going to land in theaters as well, like as hype as you can get about a movie without like, you know, it being like a big temple blockbuster or anything, right? There's just different scales. Um, and I'm with you, Jake. I, I have a little bit of hesitation. I think it's mostly because Fool's Paradise was just 
that bad. Um, and that was like Charlie Day's like feature directorial debut from a screenplay that, you know, had kept on getting pushed back for a while and reworked and whatnot. And, you know, it's I'm not saying I'm not interested in whatever Charlie Day does next, you know, um, but it certainly has left a bad taste in my mouth for, you know, Jake Johnson's directorial debut. Um, but like Hulu has like some of the best original movies. They don't come out with a lot, but some of them are sleeper hits and some of them are like legitimate hits. Like some of them are like uh, w- w- fresh was Hulu. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people mm-hmm. like kind of enjoyed that one a decent amount. Um, obviously Palm Springs. Palm Springs is the huge one. That's like, I know we all love Palm Springs. I don't know how many people have seen it, but everybody that sees it is like, yeah, it's a, at minimum, like eight out of ten for everybody. Except my mother, apparently. Well, I made the mistake of sure. I'm like, oh, this movie's great. It's one of my favorites of this year, and she she was not into it. So. Mm. But she's literally the only person. Them is fighting words, Linda. Um. <laughs> totally her name, by the way. <laughs> I always love doing that just because like if I get it right, you're going to you're going to be like, how did he know? Um, anyway, the uh, <laughs> so I like like Hulu's got some good stuff, but I think given this premise, right, the mm-hmm. given the ch- chance to participate in life or death reality show, he discovers there's a lot to live for. Like that kind of sounds like one that I really want Jake Johnson to be there because I think he is obviously very funny. I don't like New Girl at all. Um, but it's mostly because I can't stand Schmidt, um, the character, Fair. not the actor. I think the actor is good, um, but I think the character is just detestable. Um, and like I, he annoys me so much, but I really like the general rest of the cast. Um, and Jake Johnson is the standout. And But like even you look at his body of work outside of that, and he is, first of all, just remarkably funny. But he has like some of the most heart filled projects that, that there have been in a while. Like, um, let, let's, I, I'm just kind of looking through his stuff recently. Um, cause I feel like he was mostly doing new girl. And then I feel like the first time I remembered seeing him in a movie was, um, safety, not guaranteed, which is full of heart. Um, is he in drinking buddies too? I think so. I want to say, yeah, he is in drinking buddies. Mm-hmm. I, know. I haven't seen, but I know that's, um, well received. He's, uh, He's a uh, principal in 21 Jump Street, apparently. I don't remember that. Um, He's Barry in the Lego movie, the voice of Barry in the Lego movie, which like that movie has a good amount of heart. He's in Neighbors. I think he's like one of the friends. He's not one of the frat boys. Uh, He he arguably has the most heart in Jurassic World. Um, Like he's arguably the best part of that movie. Oh, yeah. Um, Strong agree. uh, He's in uh what would like we're in nor- we're in north some of this he's in bojack horseman and i haven't seen that apparently it's only three episodes but if you're in bojack horseman that's a plus in a lot of people's books um he's in tag and he kind of plays the like stoner of the group which he's great at but like that but he's also peter b parker in, in spider-verse movies and like of course those movies have a ton of heart um and he's uh I think that's it. I just, mostly like safety not guaranteed was the big one that I was like, come on now. Like he's, he, he's a legitimately really good actor. And he, he seems to like, he, he kind of feels like him, like working with the Duplass brothers would be like a perfect pairing, which I know he did safety not guaranteed, which starred Mark Duplass. I don't know that he's done like a written and directed by, but it's just, I just love the guy. And I think that this movie has the potential to be that um, the the like thing that could kick off his career, especially behind the camera. Well, and just going off um, sort of the project you listed off, it seems like he's got a good nose. 
for projects. Well, so um, look, I know he's. I know this is like his project, and he's directing. But you know, if well, I skipped else, over the bad things, right? But yeah. like, also, like, you got to earn a paycheck, right? So you have to take a the mummy. Twenty seventeen is the mummy every now and then, you know, like <laughs> or Smurfs: The Lost Village or um, Let's Be Cops or. Um, Actually, like very Harold and Gumar Christmas, you know. So, like, you gotta take those every now and then, right? I get it. But so I did. You know, the Mummy is a black mark on on a record for sure. I would agree. You know. Um, anything else about Self Reliance? No. Cool. Um, so there we go. Check it out on Hulu whenever it appears there. Um, or don't. But I think we're all saying sure. Um, it would be worth checking out. Night Swim, which um is connected to our B plot. I didn't know because this is based off of a short. This is a new January horror movie uh, from James Wan produced by James Wan. Um, Man, they get a lot of miles out of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they do, they do. Yeah. But the problem is that it says like producer of the nun. It's like not James Wan producer of the conjuring or the conjuring two or saw or director of like you know yada 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 like you're going you're picking the the first the nun like didn't nobody like that movie yeah i think so i mean it <laughs> made enough from horror fans to get a I, sequel but i don't yeah but he's certainly done great. better projects right and then of course and blumhouse producers of megan and it's like but blumhouse also did halloween 2018 which and the people, exorcist yeah. believer well we don't talk about the exorcist believer anymore <laughs> um but like the like Halloween you 2018. Made me watch that. We're gonna talk about it. Uh, or like uh, um, what's the, the Happy Death Day is Bull yeah. House. Like they've yeah. got better projects, and I no, get it. Megan was a to see Happy no, Death Day. Well, they should have because that. I agree, especially the second one. But uh, written and directed by Bryce McGuire, also co-written by Rod Blackhurst, starring uh, White Russell, Carrie Condon, um, and a bunch of young people that I don't know. Um, but hopefully will know in a couple of years. So, uh, night swim. Um, well, let's go in reverse order this time. The Jake that won with an asterisk, the first round, uh, night swim theaters, rent stream, skip, or just kind of wait for, uh, the initial reactions. I'm probably being generous, even by going with this, but I suppose if the initial reaction is just sky high, I'll eventually end up seeing this. I don't see that happening, but, there's a world where that happens. Okay. So I guess I'll go initial reaction on a technicality. Sure. And other Jake? A uh, strong skip for me. Um, supernatural horror isn't really my thing in general. The premise doesn't really do much for me. Um, Carrie Condon makes me raise an eyebrow a little bit. She should have mm-hmm. won an Oscar last year for Banshees. She's great, but I don't straight. think it'd be enough to get me out to actually see it. Um, I'm going to go streaming as well, but kind of with an extra caveat of like, I feel like this is kind of in the same boat of Megan where it's like streaming, but I got to catch it like within the first month of it being on streaming or it's just going to be the end of the year. And I'm going to be like, I have no desire to see that. Like, which was, you know, like when, when Megan came out about this time last year, I was like, I might check it out. I don't know that I want to pay for it, but like, sure. When it hits HBO max or whatever it hits, I might check it out. But also like, if I wait too long, I'm not gonna, I'm eventually just going to be like, Eh, because because I think in hindsight people have been like, yeah, Megan was kind of bad. Like, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, same thing happened to me with Megan. Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll check that out. And being one of the people who actually pays for Peacock because of <laughs> Premier League soccer, like, it's literally been available for months. Yep. And I'm just like, no, I, I don't really want to. So even if it gets fairly positive reviews, that's probably what's going to happen with this one. That's why I'm saying, like, initial reaction is still probably generous. Because I'm yeah. probably not going to see it. Yeah, I'm, again, I'm kind of like streaming, but like, could be bumped up, could be bumped down, but more likely, like, I got to catch it before March or I just will not catch it. Um, it's kind of like before the end of March. So, okay. Any other thoughts on Night Swim? No. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, people have gotten to hear some movie opinions from you guys. If they want to hear more, where can they find you from? Uh, Jake H., we're going to start with you. Yeah, if you want more of my film thoughts, you can follow me on Letterboxd. Uh, Jay Yort there, that's J-H-J-O-R-T. And if you want to see pictures of my dogs or my baked goods, you can check me out on Instagram, uh, Jake Yort there. I love that. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, and other Jake. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Letterboxd, Bourgeois B-O-U-R-G-E-O-I-S. Or I'm still on Twitter, so Jake underscore, same last name. And uh, if you want to hear more of me, I guess, uh, I'm on the latest episode of our friend Robert and Foster's podcast, the Also See podcast that just dropped. If you're listening to this, where does it drop? Uh, we talked about good night and good luck. Nice. Um, I finally started that podcast and I'm enjoying my time with it. So I'm excited to catch up to the episode that you're on. So, um, yeah. Cool. Um, and as a reminder, patreon.com slash sifpopwr uh, for early access to episodes on the free tier and a couple paid tiers with a couple different options. Um, really just um, mostly as a whatever. Um, I, I think I called it like just because and then just because plus because every streaming because every service has to have a plus added to it. Anyway. <laughs> um, so um, patreon.com slash sifpopwr if you're interested in early episodes. Um, so. We got to get on to the SIF topic. We're crossing two movies off my watch list. And I pulled up the preferences list here and I saw um, there wasn't a ton out of the the answers that I got here other than uh, up in the air had like eight people pick it. Um, uh, but then most of the people that I was like, are you guys playing a joke on me? They were like, no, I'm not. And you can feel free to pick something else if you want. Like, I was like, okay, fine. Uh, but, uh, but you two both had Lady Bird on your list, uh, for Jake B, it was your second pick. And for Jake H, it was your first, uh, you've also both picked Roman Holiday in your top three for the, like, <laughs> goats or comic book one. Well, I think I'm the one who, uh, first suggested that. And got I do believe so. So I just felt obligated to, if, if I'm, if I'm suggesting that for you guys, I felt obligated to put that up there. Sure. And since, so I figured, well, we're going with Lady Bird, right? It's about time I checked that out. And um, so we're going with Lady Bird. And, um, and then I saw Jake had also had the Great Mouse Detective. Maybe next time, Jake. Uh, and uh, um, because I just thought that Marcel the Shell with Shoes on would fit a little bit better. Um, and bonus, because I finally get to check it out before our Oscars preview episode, which I would have had to do anyway. So, mm -hmm. um, so that's what I picked, um, for your, and also the main theme for this one is the shortest possible movies, because I'm still trying to catch up on 2023 movies, you know, um, uh, all the 
Christmas, holiday, New Year's, whatever, prepping for the sifties, all that. Every It's just kind of hectic right now. So the two shortest possible movies was the common theme, and that's why it's up here first. So we are starting with Lady Bird because Marcella Shelby Shoes On will bleed into our B-plot. So um, Lady Bird was kind of picked by both of you, but uh, but Jake H., you had it higher. So real quick, your history with the movie and why out of the hundreds of movies you could have picked, Lady Bird was your top pick? Yeah, um, so I picked it because I have no history with it. Um, it's pretty high oh, cool. up on my, or was pretty high up on my lot list as well. Um, it came out just during a really busy part of college, and I wasn't really seeing much movies, and just never got around to it. Um, but I'm a huge fan of both Little Women and Barbie, so kind of wanted to round out the Greta Gerwig triumvirate and check this one out. Makes sense. And uh, other Jake? Yeah, I saw this in theaters when it came out in our little indie uh, in Iowa City uh, and absolutely loved it. And uh, I think we talked about this before, but yeah, just felt, you know, out of the ones on your list, it's the Greta Gerwig you hadn't seen and probably something that needed to be crossed off your list. So that's why it was uh, pretty high on my list as well. Sure. Sure. Well, and a um, Timothy Chalamet that is, you know. That's true. um, We need to uh get you off the unnecessary Timothy Chalamet hate train. So. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get me to see Call Me By Your Name, but beautiful boy for sure. Um, Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm getting off the hate train. I just like, I'm starting to separate like work from just, I don't know. He just looks like a person that I don't want to be around. (laughs) But he's a great actor. Anyway. Um, yeah, Lady Bird is a movie that kind of came and was really popular. And uh, it was a busy season of my life. I was, uh, when it came out 2017, I um, graduated college, moved to a new city, started a new job, and started a master's degree. So um, this one just flew under the radar, especially an unknown director for me at the time. Uh, an unknown lead at the time um, for me. Man, it's crazy how much she's blown up in the last couple of years. Because mm-hmm. um, she's like solidified like A tier, right? Or S tier, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. At this point. Um, but but yeah, the fact that she... I know she did before this, right? But this was like her breakout role, right? Yeah, as far as like critically. Because I think... Was this before Brooklyn or after Brooklyn? After. We're talking about Saoirse Ronan. Uh, okay, yeah. Brooklyn two years before dark. this. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, either way, this is when she became like the Saoirse Ronan. So um, because, yeah, she had done Muppets Most Wanted, uh, Grand, Bu- Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, Hannah is one of her top credits on IMDb. Um, she's a voice for Secret World of Arietti, Lovely Bones, all that atonement. Like so decent track record before. it, But this is her like establish herself movie anyway. Mm-hmm. So it just slipped under the radar. And also like, oh, like I'm a 22 year old guy. I don't I don't know how interested I am in, you know, the angsty, rebellious 17 year old female movie. So, um, you know, I prioritized other things like 2017. That would have been like Logan. Get out. Logan. Get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad this, Max. This is one of my no, favorite no. years, years in movies. 2017. So 2017's great. And this was one of my, you know, back in 2017, I think this was my second favorite movie uh, behind Wind River. So. Mm, Wind River is a great one, too. Yeah, yeah 2017's a great year. Yeah. Um, I think I prefer 2016, but Nice Guys La La Land is going to do that. Arrival. Mm-hmm. Um, Lady Bird. 
spoiler warning for the whole thing. Um, not for both these movies. I'm not sure that that's going to matter too much, but um, I could be wrong. I'm, I would be more concerned about this one than I would Marcel. But uh, spoiler warning for both these movies. Your quick synopsis of Lady Bird, as per IMDb, is uh, in 2002, an artistically inclined 17-year-old girl comes of age in Sacramento, California. Wow, that sucks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not wrong. It's just also... Not it just doesn't say about. anything, yeah. yeah. It, like, because, like, sure, the artistically inclined, but that doesn't really matter all that much. And you know, comes of age and say, hey, yeah, whatever, sure. Um, I, I get. It's kind of. I know that this movie has more of a through line, but this movie is kind of a slice of life movie. It just, it certainly has more of a plot than something like Florida Project or Waves or, mm-hmm. um, uh, any of those other kind of like ploppy in a place and just live for a bit you know um but it is kind of through that so ladybird um my history with the yeah just never saw it for that reason i'm really excited to check it out for the performances and greta gerwig on the like it love it hate it dislike it think it just okay think it's just okay scale where do you guys land jake let's start with the one you since you have seen it before uh okay yeah this is my third time watching this because I got the Blu-ray I think for Christmas just with an Amazon gift card watched it over the summer and then watched it like a week and a half ago in prep for this and I still love this movie like my big thing is this is very much you said it was like slice of life for me this is very much a a vibe like time capsule type uh, movie particularly as someone who like, you know, we weren't separated by gender. I didn't have to wear uniforms, but I did go to Catholic school during this period. Um, I wasn't, I was a little younger than Lady Bird is, but I, I just love the whole vibe of this, this movie. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Um, I'll go next. That way we can finish off with uh, the other Jake since he hasn't seen it. Normally I'm the only one that hasn't seen these movies before. Uh, I'm kind of on the border of like and love. Um, if I had to pick one, I probably lean like, so like technically like really high side of like, but like, I, I think I'm just like on the border. I do think a second watch or a third watch, or maybe even just a little bit more time could, could put it up into that love camp, but I'm kind of sitting at like a four out of five on Letterboxd, teetering that like and love um, for me. But um, Jake, where are you landing? Pretty similar to you. Um, watched it yesterday and kind of since then I've been teetering right on that liked it, loved it line. Right now, I think I'm leaning more into the loved it side, be kind of a low side of loved it. Um, but it's been fluctuating a bit as I kind of think and process the film. Sure. Um yeah, I do think this is one that will also just grow, but partly because it is kind of that slice of life, but it also is more, it's just like kind of a comfort movie, even though it's not necessarily like a movie that will keep you with a smile on your face the whole time. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's, I wouldn't even call it like a good vibes movie, but it is just kind of like warm and cozy, you know? Yeah. Um, and it has some really great performances in it and it has some jokes that really land and it has um, some uncomfortable moments and it's just kind of like, yeah, just kind of warm is how I would describe it. Um, but uh, oh boy, um, so, Sir Sharon is a star, right? Yes. Like that's 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 the place to start is to yes. start is that Sir Sharon is justifiably a list S tier actor. Yeah, no, she is amazing. Um, I think she's one of the best actresses working right now. 
Um, and this film is certainly a great example of that. And kind of just the range that she's showing throughout it is really impressive to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things uh, that was sort of the second time I watched it, which was the f- would have been the first time in like more than five years that I've seen it, is like you sort of notice like Lady Bird herself can be a bit annoying and that sort of bugged me a bit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on my second watch. So I don't know if that's part of the things that held you guys back as far as loving it is she can, she can be sort of not the most likable protagonist at times, but like rewatching it again, I, it was mainly just, I just love her performance and I sort of re got over that again. Uh, I think she's just, She's stunning, just sort of on her own. And then just her and uh, Chloe Metcalf, right? Yep. Plays her mom. <laughs> uh, just their interplay. There's there's so many layers to that as well uh, that I just sort of noticed. And both of them just are insanely good in this movie. So that interplay was more sort of what I took out of that. Yeah, I mean, um, I I understand what you're saying about like Lady Bird being a pretty unlikable character. I just don't um, buy into like that. That is not a reason why I didn't fall into love to camp. I don't. I don't know what it was. Maybe like maybe it's just the five six years of people telling me. Right, oh, it's almost seven years at this point of people telling me that this is one of the best year, movies of the decade. Um, and like, sure, like. I'm not I'm not trying to take that away from anybody, but I, maybe it's just like a little overhyped and maybe that's why as time grows, I will love it more um, and um, or I will find things to appreciate about it, may, like especially on second or third rewatches or whatever. But um, I, I think I think that because her personality, her the choices she makes is so irritating. I think it helped the movie feel a lot more real to me mm-hmm. and made me appreciate the movie more. Like one of the things I read in IMDb's trivia section is that um Certain, like the the way that they lit the movie like caused like red rashes on Sersha's face and normally they would just cover that up with makeup but Greta Gerber made the decision specifically not to so it would help her feel more like a 17 year old girl um or and help us perceive her more as that you know like like she was having an acne breakout um and it like it's it's a genius decision it works really well uh it she feels like a real 17 year old like cuz I don't know any 17 year olds that I like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> not, not even when I was 17, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't even like myself, you know? Uh, so it's, I, I don't, I think that the movie is very intentionally like she is our protagonist, but we also like, we don't watch her and be like, I love the decisions that you're making, you know, like, um, or, or like even like, I'm entirely on your side. You're like, oh, okay. Like, I think you're intentionally meant to be like, I kind of see both sides to this. I don't know. Maybe that's just because I'm like kind of in the middle age between the, mm-hmm. between her and like the parent, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm 10 years removed from high school. So I'm kind of like, yeah, I see the parent's side, but also I see your side. You both could just use a little bit more communicating. Like, I think it's kind of supposed to be that, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, versus something like, uh, I would say like edge of 17 is like, we are entirely on Haley Steinfeld's time the entire time. And I love that movie. Um, but just cause I don't like a 17 year old does not necessarily affect my enjoyment of the movie. Unless I believe the director wants me to be on their side the whole time. And I don't think yeah. Greta Gerwig does. Sorry. That was a big word vomit. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jake kind of, what's your response to that? Like her not being entirely. Yeah. Jake. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, 
new new jake new, no, yes. sorry new to this movie jake um yeah no i i mean i agree that she's an irritating character but like aaron said she's 17 like that's how she's supposed to be um and just kind of in general that is such like those last couple years of high school are just such an awkward and like uncomfortable stage of pretty much anybody's life and i feel like this film really captured that really well um like you know obviously i'm a lot younger than she would have been i was like five in 2002 i'm not a you know girl growing up in a catholic school in california um, but i could still really relate to a lot of like the struggles that she was going through and kind of the awkwardness she was feeling with her family and with her friends and trying to just find her place in the world um and just kind of how real and relatable everything felt was really impressive to me um, especially coming to this after having seen Greta Gerwig's other films, um, Little Woman and Barbie, which are both, you know, Jane Austen and Barbie, kind of larger than life. Um, not really a pure view of how the world works, kind of more of a filtered reality. So seeing this, which is just so raw, um, was not something I was expecting at all. What does this fall on your Greta Gerwig, like, ranked? Um, I think I'd need to think about that more. I would say my gut instinct is to put it in the middle um, with Little Women number one and Barbie in third. But I love all three of them. So I'm for sure Barbie number one. Um, I think the I think Lady Bird or Little Women could be like interchangeable at two or three for me. Um, as of right now, I maybe lean Little Women, but I don't think that will be the case. For, you know, I think even tomorrow I'd be like, no, that's the wrong call. So I'd probably put this in the middle. Yeah, Little Women might slightly edge for my number one. But I love both those movies. And Barbie's sort of like what you think with Lady Bird. I was was on the like it, love it edge with Barbie. But I think, uh, I haven't seen that one a second time. But I suspect I'm going to creep more solidly into love it when I see that one a second time. So Mm -hmm. I'm sort of where you are. But uh, this sort of creeps into what I wanted to talk about next anyway what did you guys think about this as sort of i know she did i think she had a Mm -hmm. co-direction before Mm -hmm. this but as like a first solo effort uh what did you think of this uh for greta goig directing i mean this is clearly like a passion project for her um again looking at some of the trivia like she wrote the script and then noel bombach offered to direct it and i would kind of love to see noel bombach's ladybird but like i don't I don't know that it would make the movie any better because Greta Gerwig is that good. And she she sat on it for a few days and decided, no, I want to do it myself. And I think that is the right call um, because it just kind of feels personal. It really feel like every decision she made was intentional. It feels like, um, you know, especially like through throughout the whole process and even getting an actor as good as Sir Sharonin um, and um, uh, Laurie um, Metcalf and Tracy Letts is incredible in this movie. And mm-hmm young really popular lucas hedges and timothy timothy chalamet which like i love lucas hedges i was a i was a lucas hedges stand for a while but like he is good in this movie but it, it kind of says something that he is like the least impressive of like the top six you know um you know beanie feldstein is great in this as well like um yeah uh it's um i think i think it kind of just made it feel wholly hers and um it, it, there's there's no signs of incompetency anywhere there it's uh it's just a really great effort and um yeah. you can clearly see how i don't think this was best picture nominated I if i'm mistaken but also i think that was before they expanded the category to where it was like maximum five and i think if it wasn't it should have been or it would have been by today's standards mm-hmm. 
uh, nominated five Oscars. Um, in twenty seventeen, sure this was the Shape of Water year, I think. Come on now, twenty seventeen was Shape of Water year, right? I yeah. believe so. Yeah, yeah, and I love that movie, and I was like totally okay with it at the time. Um, yeah, I get like my MDB is taking a minute to load, but like Thank I can you. see this being nominated, and I could understand it. Yeah, um, well, that's the thing that um, is so impressive. I think is just. Um, how, like you said, how assured uh, this movie is uh, for a first-time director. Um, because, you know, the story just flows really well. And like you said, she's getting fantastic performances from mm-hmm. a ton of people. Like, everybody's great in this movie. And I, I think that speaks, you know, that's, part of her director's job as well. So I think she deserves a lot of credit for what she's able to get out of her actors as well. Um, so can confirm it was Best Picture nominated. There were nine nominees. So it was like, I think a year or two before they mandated 10. Okay. Um, so three billboards, The Post, Phantom Thread, Lady Bird, Get Out, Dunkirk, Darkest Hour, Call Me By Your Name, Shape of Water. That's a like, Good pretty year. stellar year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love Shape of Water and am happy that Guillermo got his Oscar, but like, Maybe it should have been Get Out or Three Billboards, but um, or Lady Bird. I I would not be mad if it, if this was the winner. Um, like in hindsight, so um, mm-hmm. yeah, and of course it also got a bunch of acting nominees. Um, I don't, Jake. Jake, what's that thing keeping you out of Loved It, or or, or keeping you kind of just edging into Loved It? Like, what's that thing keeping you from fully just like singing this movie's praises? Because I very few people I follow on Letterboxd have this rated anything lower than a four, which is what I'm going to wind up giving it. Yeah. So, again, I'm kind of right on that, like four or four and a half. I'm not sure what I'm going to give it yet. Um, I feel like for some reason it felt a lot longer to me than it was. I'm like, it's only a 90 minute movie and it kind of felt like a two, almost two and a half hour film as I was watching it. Um, I felt like 150. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's more kind of just the like slice of life, kind of slower paced, character driven, kind of focused movie. Um, and like I, the kind of the pacing felt OK, but it just felt like it dragged a little bit at times. And I think that's what's really keeping me out of the loved at camp. Um, but I mean, with all of the amazing performances, it's hard to say it's any more than or any less than high side of liked it. So, um, but yeah, no, and then I did want to kind of touch um, just like in the like kind of directorial debut. Um, I feel like it is such a like confidently directed film as well which you don't always see with kind of first-time directors like there is just so much subtlety in the script and in a lot of the nuance of the character beats um that a lot of times i feel like a newer director is going to be a little bit more on the nose with some of those kind of character moments um one that really stood out to me was um haven't talked about him yet but stephen mckinley henderson who played father leviach the Mm -hmm. drama teacher Mm -hmm. um loved his performance and his character and just kind of like the little beats and kind of seeing how his character is reacting and then the information you hear about him in other scenes from other characters talking about him and then just kind of watching those connect throughout the film um, was really interesting to me um also in the same beat just want to shout out um funniest scene of the movie for me was the um, football coach taking over for him yes and trying to break down the play as though it was a football game amazing i loved that and then consequently when lucas hedges like is performing and the football coach is like cheering him afterwards Uh he's the only person he's still cheering him like a football coach so yes loved it and look it's a really small role and yes 
I I partly love it because she was in the Nice Guys, but I really liked um the sister Sarah, um, Lois Smith. She has the smallest oh, yeah. role in the Nice Guys. She's um, um Misty Mountains's grandmother that is trying to hire them to find her. Anyway, really small role, but like she has certainly a lot more to do in Lady Bird. Yeah, I just I really liked her. Like that scene where um where she's like, I know you did the thing to my car. And I love you know she's like I'm not gonna discipline you because I thought it was really funny like it was just a really like mm-hmm. that was just felt like such a genuine scene you know and so especially earnest, like yeah. when she's kind of been like a little tough on her from the start and now like that's kind of her like I'm warm you know I've always you're finally giving me reasons to root for you you know like kind of her response is just yeah and like you said uh, like you said. like that also shows sort of the nuance of Greta yeah. Gerwig because like in Sort of, quote unquote, if we do the umbrella Hollywood thing, like when when you've got nuns as teachers in like a Catholic school, like they're always this severe, like, you know, cracking you over the wrist with the ruler type thing. And Mm -hmm. here's this nun who who can be a little, you know, a little stone faced at times, but like. At heart, she's just a really kind person, and she gets to she gets to show it there. That's I agree. That's that's one of my favorite moments um, in the movie. What one of the other like little moments that I noticed, like really noticed on this watch, was just the beginning of the movie um, when they're listening to the uh, book on tape, and they're like both emotionally in it, and then immediately. Uh, Lady Bird wants to turn it, so they've got music player playing, and her mom's like, no, we have to sit. So, like, even after they're enjoying this beautiful moment, they can't just help but snipe at each other. So I love how that shows both, like, they they have a lot of shared loves, and they do have things they can connect on, but they just can't help, help themselves and sort of just snipping at each other throughout the movie. Um, and I think it's one of the things that really works as a through line and then just makes what I think is the best scene in the movie, uh, which is the airport scene, just hitting mm-hmm. so hard uh, at the end. So Yeah, and, like, I get you get the feeling that, like, that Lady Bird love, like, really does love San Francisco. She just doesn't realize, or sorry, Sacramento. She just doesn't realize it. Mm-hmm. She she just hates being poor in Sacramento. Um, yeah. Like like she resents the income fam like the income for her from her family. She resents the um the like she's going to a school with you know somebody who's driving this really expensive car that has she has absolutely no need for you know when they have she she is embarrassed to tell people about which one is her house so she's telling it to somebody she knows you know like like I think she just resents that lifestyle which sure like is re- i think is easily relatable even from a like middle class family like if i were in an area like that and living in those conditions like you can you can you would you could see the jealousy right like you could see like her reasoning and whatnot but also like she goes to new york and like the way that she's writing about sacramento like there's still love there there's still like yeah she just maybe wasn't a fan of the situation like that's understandable and you know, of course like People always, no 17-year-old totally gets along with their parents, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. Just a lot of a lot of nuance, and I, I, just, I enjoyed it. 
Yeah. No, and I do really like how they give her mom some more like tender moments too that don't involve her. Um, like there's a great scene mm-hmm. where she's talking with Father Leviach. Um, mm-hmm. There's kind of just the little bits where you know she can tell she's so much more patient with her kids than a lot of the other kind of parents in Sacramento are. Um, and it just it kind of goes to humanize her more as just like the you know evil mom who's getting in the daughter's way that I feel like a lot of other kind of films would just kind of keep her as. Um, and it's like she's not a bad person she's just kind of really struggling as a parent and kind of given the circumstances and kind of just love that again word i use a lot but the nuance they put into her um before we before we move on there was one more thing i wanted to get uh aaron's opinion on Mm -hmm. uh just given your previous stance like we Mm -hmm. discussed (laughs) um Especially since I feel like this role very much feels like what I feel like your perception of him, like, rightly or wrongly, let me know. This this role very much feels like what I feel like your perception of Timothy Chalamet is as, like, a person. What did you think of this role and this performance? Um, um, this is the gateway performance to him in Don't Look Up, which is my least favorite part of that movie. A movie I adore, I just hate the timothy chalamet part like he's he's playing a, the very same character you could you could tell me that don't look up as a surprise sequel to Lady Bird, and i'd be like all right yeah <laughs> like um uh like based off of the timothy chalamet side characters um it's uh it's it's a good performance i was surprised at how little screen time he got because i know that like i know call me by your name was his big breakout but this was the same year and so i know people were talking about him and it's i was surprised for how little he was in the movie um he certainly impressed me. Um, he's always been impressive um, on the screen, um, except for in Don't Look Up. But <laughs> um, no, I, I obviously Saoirse Ronan and Laurie Metcalf are the standout here. But I really wish Tracy Letts would have also got a supporting actor nomination. Um, he didn't. The only acting nominations were Saoirse Ronan and Laurie Metcalf. But I really like Tracy Letts in this. She's um, so good. It's mm-hmm. it's like he's like we've said throughout this whole thing. It's another thing that could have just been just such a forgettable role. But like he gets those little moments, like when his son is going for the same job. Mm-hmm. There's that moment where he's like, "Oh, this is where I'm at," and he pushes that down and just straightens the tie and tells him to go get him. And then when uh, Lucas Hedges. Uh, accidentally lets well he doesn't know any better but let's slip that yep. lady bird's on the waiting list oh i had the lady. biggest laugh when he just goes like oh yeah like that's, that's a <laughs> great moment it's a little but it's so good yeah he's he's fantastic so, obviously chalamet is a good actor i want to start praising him for his acting more but um yeah i uh he's 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 really good in this i was just like almost surprised at the lack he's not in the first what like 50 minutes of the movie and then he's in like three scenes four scenes for like still a supporting role in those scenes like he's never like on he's never he's never there for a while you know like it's it's frequently um he's um he doesn't have he doesn't he doesn't have the most to do um but what he is given to do he he does it well again for what i think you cast a different person um, and I, I think he's, I think he does a much better job or a much more memorable job than, um, I, I feel like that, that goes for all these performances, but it, it's just so perfectly cast. I feel like kind of like you mentioned Jake, right? Like you, you pick, you know, another actor 
to play um, the dad, and I don't think it comes across as well as Tracy Letts, you know, performance or as as like even though I kind of ripped on Lucas Hedges just a little bit, I, I, I don't, I didn't mean to. I just meant to say like I was expecting to walk away from this movie going, you know, singing Lucas Hedges' praises yet again, but um, he's he's fine, he's he's fine. Mm-hmm. Like Beanie Feldstein is kind of proving her like breakout roles here. You know, I, I know that she's kind of he, she's definitely stepped up there. I don't know if this was her like put her on the map role. I don't know. Like I know Booksmart was the, yeah, like Booksmart. solidify her, but yeah. that was two years after this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Another movie, just since we hadn't talked about her much, I just, she's does the same thing. She does with Deaver to a lesser extent in this movie. I think I love their friendship. Their friendship's great. And the way that comes back around at the end is, mm-hmm. is fun as well. And she's a great supporting character uh, for what she has. So, and I forgot Catherine Newton was in this movie because she's in two scenes. And you uh-huh. it's one of the rare times where like putting a girl's hairs up, hair up and putting glasses on her apparently yep. does make her unrecognizable because I didn't recognize, I think, till my third time watching. Oh, hey, that's Catherine Newton. I and recognized that, on the first time we see her. Yeah, yeah, and that's because I was on the IMDb. I'm like, oh, she's in this? Where is she? Mm-hmm. So I was specifically looking for her. I'm like, oh, there she is. Otherwise, I never would have guessed that was her. Yeah, this was kind of the, again, trying to put myself back in 2017. I was watching this movie and be like, everybody here's a star now. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, Catherine Newton certainly blew up from 13 Reasons Why afterwards. Um um because she's a good performer she's she had two two or three scenes that she was like one one speaking line i think in total for the movie just when she says she doesn't want to talk to you um yeah and of course beanie feldstein which i she she had stuff before like i just looked her up on imdb but nothing memorable she was in neighbors 2 and um uh yeah some 2004 party girl in orange is the new black you know but like certainly nothing uh nothing with any real screen time or you know anything to do until Mm -hmm. and this is this is still only like her like fourth real credit you know uh i'm out of things to say i don't i don't know why i'm quite not into love to i think it's just like uh again maybe the like not entirely sure um like maybe a little bit over overdone and i don't i don't know that i will just ever love like full-on five stars a slice of life movie um, and again, this one is admittedly half that, but, um, yeah, just, uh, I don't know that I could put my finger on it, but I do see myself like enjoying this one significantly more and certainly rewatching it and definitely very glad that I had watched it. Um, anything else? Closing thoughts? I'm good. Yeah. No, I've said my piece. Very nice. Let's move on to Marcel, the show with shoes on. Um, uh, this was Jake H's third uh, pick and wasn't on Jake's list, but I certainly know that uh, Jake had seen this one and was pretty fond of it. So, um, real quick, Jake, your uh, history with the movie and again, kind of why out of the hundreds you could have picked this one was on there. Uh, yeah, so I saw it for the first time, I guess last year, like everybody else did, um, but on an airplane, <laughs> which is perhaps the worst environment to ever watch a film. Sure, sure. Um, sure. And even with that, I loved it. Um, it's it's just. We'll get into it more, but it is just such a like comfortable, charming, just vibe of a film. Um, and yeah, picked it because I just wanted to talk about it. Sure. Uh, Jake, your history and... Um... 
Uh, yeah, seen it once before. This was, I think I technically saw it in 2023, because it just never came anywhere near me. But this was the last movie I watched uh, before submitting our nominees uh, for the 50s last year. And uh, technically, I have talked about this movie on this podcast before, because it crept into my top five for last uh-huh. year. So uh, this, uh, yeah, I loved this the first time I saw it. So Nice. Um, one of those I really wanted to get around to, but as kind of mentioned, it wasn't like it was at our local indie in Iowa City, but I couldn't get around to it just with the job I was working and with the hours they were running. Um, and then just even though it's only an hour and a half, I was like prioritizing other things. And I notoriously like felt like I was very under under prepared for you know being the film guy for last year's because i think i'd seen 38 movies by the time we re- we published the 50s and like that's you know and half of those were like comic book movies you know so like um there was a lot i, I still haven't seen guillermo del toro's pinocchio so i'm going to make sure i do that before doing the oscars recap one um you know this uh in in two months mm-hmm. um i when i showed up for the Oscars, which we you know binging all 10 best picture nominees um, I think I had only seen three, like, um, it was just not, not great. Um, yeah. Top Gun Maverick, everything ever out once and Banshees. I don't think it, I hadn't seen Elvis or maybe it's either way. Um, I feel like it was significantly less than normal, but, um, uh, so I was behind on a lot last year and I'm really happy to have gotten around to it. Um, now, so, um, same order, uh, actually, sorry, flip the Jakes. I'll go last this time. Uh, like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay. Uh, yeah, still love it. Um, like Jake said, it's, it's just a, a perfect vibe movie. Like there's, there's some pulling at the heartstrings, more emotional moments, but for the most part, it's just one of those movies that like you just put on and it just puts a huge smile on your face. So yeah, still love it. Sure. And other Jake? Uh, yeah, still love it too. It's you know even better when it's on a ten inch screen. Um, it is. It just makes you so happy to watch. And then every now and then it'll just punch you in the face with emotion, make you cry a little bit, and then just go right back to the comfort. And it's a yeah, great film. Uh, I'm kind of in the same place as Ladybird. I'm kind of teetering on like and loved, although I'm more confidently saying I'm going in loved. Um, just I, 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 like low side of loved it, I'll say. Um, again, I think maybe high expectations. I think. Um, you know, I, I had high expectations for myself and then when the movie came out and then was nominated and I know a lot of people, I don't think anybody's mad that Pinocchio won the Oscar, but I know a lot of people that were pulling for Marcel's show. Um, so, um, I will make that decision myself when I've seen all the nominees. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, just, uh, it, it's just. It's just a good comfort. It's a good comfort movie. I, I think it's it's intentionally like relatively shallow, but it does certainly have like deep moments, and it has like a lot of really creative stuff going on with it. Uh, I also I also kind of feel the same about Lady Bird uh, that me and you, Jake, we mentioned where it's like I know it's only an hour forty, but it really felt like twenty minutes longer than it was. Um, and not not necessarily a bad thing. I think maybe some of the pacing was just um, maybe a little off, but like it's again partly it is. It is relatively another kind of slice of life movie, mm-hmm. um, kind of like Lady Bird. It's kind of like half and half, where it's like most for the most part, it's just what is this shell's view of the world? This little itty bitty guy, um, and how does he 
you know, interact with the world. And then there's the running back plot of him trying to find his family. Um, so, um, but yeah, it's, you're right. Just little moments that like, will just either warm your heart or like bring you to tears. Like the, the moment, the first moment I remember just being like, Oh wow. Like there's just a moment. Cause most of this movie, it's, it's a documentary style, but like the, the movie's just like, has these little things and Marcel's just this sweet little wholesome guy. And you know, he's just like, Hey, guess why I smile a lot? Uh, cause it's worth it. And it's like, Oh, Oh, he's so cute. I want, how do they not have a Funko pop of him? Like <laughs> you could buy a little like metal guy on a 24s website, but he's 30 bucks and I ain't doing it. Uh, but, but, but let me know when the Funko pop comes out and I'm going to add him up to my, you, you drew, you drew the line at the $30 hot dog finger gloves. I got oh. the hot dog finger yeah. gloves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I th- just to sort of parse a little bit of what you were talking about, um, I don't necessarily think this movie's shallow. Uh, I think it's more that it's, it's very simple. Like there's, yeah, there's sorry, not simple, a lot, not shallow. Not a lot going in the plot. It's very simple. Wants to find, you know, director moves in, you know, Marcel goes viral, wants to help him find uh, his family, but uh, I one of the things I do like is sort of when it does get a little deep, what it talks about, like you know when it comments on internet culture, which you know has only you know as TikTok has exploded even more. I felt that even more watching it the second time around. Yeah, you know, with people just wanting to come by the house just to say, Oh, this is the Marcel house and not really help yep. in any way. But just, mm-hmm. you know, touch fame and um, I, I really liked what it had to say about sort of that sort of Yeah. Alright, yeah. So I also kind of want to mention just um, what really impresses me about the film, too, that we kind of haven't discussed besides the vibes is the animation um, and just how hmm. seamlessly they blend the stop motion with Marcel and all the other kind of shells with all the real life stuff happening around them. Um, like I, you know, watching it, you don't really notice any of like the seams at all, but it's all kind of stitched together. I think from what I've read, they shot a bunch of stuff twice, once with all the stop motion. Then again, whenever Dean or, um, you know, the 60 minutes cast is kind of interacting with them um, and just kind of how they're able to do that and how they kind of really make this little shell with two shoes and a googly eye feel like a real life character. Yeah, that's definitely one of the things I wanted to mention is just the fact that I love that um, this, I mean, I would have loved to have gotten best picture noms as well because I think it's, I think it's that good. It's obviously one of my favorites of, of last year. I would like, certainly rather have this in than Elvis. Right. Yeah. But uh, like just sort of in a vacuum, the fact that a lot of the like major awards were were nominating it for best animated feature, I think is really cool. I know it didn't win because it was sort of Pinocchio's year, but uh, the fact that you know voters or m- members of these bodies were open to nominating a movie like this for best animated feature, I just think is really cool because. You know, like, and obviously it's done really well on a technical level. So it obviously deserves it. It's not just a token nomination, but yeah, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, um, it probably wouldn't be my first pick to like swap out a best picture nominee. Um, just off the top of my head, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'll do more research like when we 
get to our Oscars review episode, but I mean, I know, I know you guys know I'm a Babylon lover, but I'm not necessarily even going to say like that should have been in because like, I know that movie is pretty divisive. I know it wouldn't have won. I would have loved to have seen it as opposed to like Elvis or something. Um, Glass Onion to me, like I'd put in before Marcel the show. Um, um, but, but yeah, just uh, sort of um, talking about the animation, just something to go off that. Like as somebody who watched the Honey Ice Wolf the Kids movie growing up, like we've talked about the feel good vibes and sort of the vibes that way as well. But I love the way they do like the Honey Ice Wolf the Kid style world building with mm-hmm. uh, the just sort of the community they call it of the show so, things that are scary or how they can use just sort of regular household items because you know they're tiny uh, i thought that's that's really clever to, so. yeah this movie i watched two stop motion movies this year and the other one i didn't like very much at all but i w- i admired its creativity in the little things um, about both these movies because i watched uh, chicken run dawn of the nugget which was not very good um, <laughs> to me i really didn't i thought high side of dislike it um for me um but i thought it but i thought it was clever enough that it warranted a watch i just don't <laughs> think i ever will again because like there's a lot of little details they're just really funny because yeah. of course it's Ardman. um and there's a lot of little details in here that just work, really work um between like discovering Marcel's like the, where he goes and steals all the stuff. And it's like, he finds his own credit card there. He's like, Hey, he's like, sorry. He didn't know. Like, he doesn't know what a credit card is. Um, <laughs> or the, like, um, the, the ways in which they use, like the, the Nan's Walker is like a, a is, is the wire that holds the cork on a sparkling wine. Like a champagne. Mm-hmm. You have to twist that off before popping the cork, like really creative. Um, you, you know, things like that. Um, just, it's just really fun to to kind of watch and just fueled by creativity and imagination. It's just it's it's just just cute, you know. Yeah, I like I even like even as the guy who does the animation column for the website, I don't touch on a ton of stop motion because generally, for some reason, it's a form that of animation that I generally struggle with. But like it's it's just used. Um, so well here like even like the stop motion aspect just works with sort of the overall quirky feel of sort of everything that's going on and it's the the perfect style for this Mm -hmm. yeah i agree um i don't know if it's because of just knowing the film's reputation as well but like i didn't get that emotional response like jkh i'm pretty sure your review was like you know this movie made me the guy on an airplane crying at a movie. Like, <laughs> am I right? Is that, was that yours? Like, uh, I don't think that's it verbatim, but it's not far from what the reality was. So, yeah. Like, you know, so like, I don't, I don't know that I got there. Like, is, is the moment, is, is the moment when he's reunited with this family or when, you know, Nan dies? Like, was that, is that the moment that is supposed to be the, like the, the cry moment? Cause it's a lot of people seem to cry with this one. And I don't know. I, I don't know that I can pin the moment where I'm like, oh, yeah, I, that's definitely the moment that I should have or whatever. Yeah. Um, For me, it's more of the stuff with Nana Connie. Um, and even like, yeah, kind of her the death at the end is, you know, definitely one of the moments that'll get me. 
Um, but a lot of it too is kind of all the build up to that and, you know, her just getting older and kind of the scenes with her having trouble doing things and Marcel just kind of processing that. Um, I'd say it for me personally, it parallels kind of some stuff I'm going through with my own grandparents. And I think that kind of hit me on a more personal level, especially with this rewatch. Um, and then again, yeah, at the end when kind of his whole family comes back and they're doing, you know, the service for Nana Connie and everything, you get the real catharsis at the end. So mm. I was like, I definitely, I, I certainly got emotional when he reunites with his family and then, and then they're all watching the thing together on the, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's so heartwarming. It's so life filling, but yeah. I don't know, maybe it's also that I watched the color purple two days ago and that like took all of my emotions <laughs> and tears for like weeks, you know, um, I don't, I don't have any more emotions left to give. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't have any more tears to shed. I don't have any, any water in my tear ducts right now. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, and I, I do love that last little scene where he's kind of sitting and watching 60 Minutes and you see the start of the broadcast and it just slowly pans out and you see all of the other kind of shells and peanuts and pistachios and yeah. kind of stuff just sitting there with them. Like and pretzels, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and this, this movie's just full of like fun little things that are like, um, like when they do the 60 Minutes interview and they're like, all right, go ahead and say it. You know, like it's, uh again like all the ways that they like do creative things or like the little like you can tell marcel's lived there for a while apparently it's two years that they left and Mm -hmm. undefined amount of time before um but like the way that he uses like the kitchen aid to shake the trees uh and the way that he like uh he, he does the like sending up the 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 light lantern thing and then he's like every time i do it the dog the dog's barking at it. I don't know why, what he's barking at. Like, um, and also like we haven't mentioned this yet, but Jenny Slate, incredible voice performance. Cause it sounds nothing like her. And it's this perfect, adorable. You could convince me that it was a four-year-old like doing the voice and I would mm-hmm. believe you, but um, yeah, she's fantastic. I, I was sort of thinking the same thing and I love how they sort of play into that. Uh, I think a little bit when they're like, oh, they're going through, I think it's the YouTube comments, and they're like, oh, she's so adorable. She? Like, yeah. And it's uh, Marcel's a boy. I, I think they play into that so well. And it's so, her performance is great. And I think it's uh, sort of like we were talking about in Lady Bird, where, like, Saoirse and... Laurie Metcalf sort of elevate each other. I think that performance is just elevated by like the interplay between Marcel and the director Dean. Like that's some of my favorite moments is just when they get to interact with each other. It, mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Um, I also think just speaking of the Jenny Slate stuff, there's a, there's like a, I think a f- couple of fun little nods. This is an A24 film and another A24 film that came out last year was Everything Everywhere All at Once, which Jenny, Jenny Slate is also in. Mm-hmm. And so like, there's definitely a moment where Marcel says everything bagel. And I'm like, oh, I think that's like a fun. I think that was just like a probably an ad lib or whatever. Like, uh, you know, anyway, I mean, they, they released not far apart from each. other. I think this was like June or July and Everything Everywhere All at Once was March, I think. End of March. Anyway, just a couple of fun little nods that were that were just really fun knowing it was Jenny Slate. And it's. Yeah, excellent performance is really creative i'd love to see has this director done anything it's basically like, he did the short yeah okay. it's basically that's basically what he's he's done and i 
I think the directing's great too, because like even like there's the stuff about I don't want to be in the documentary because just as a person who watches documentaries, I always hate when the director asking questions is a part of the documentary. So the little meta thing about yes. him not wanting to have his voice in there is fantastic. Because again, that's just one of my pet peeves. But I also think just actually directing wise, like some of the editing choices are fantastic. Specifically, like where they decide to do those hard cuts are perfection i love the hard cuts in this movie it's so you it's used so well yeah i i agree i thought there was some things again because i'm binging a lot right now i saw a recent documentary style so i thought i saw theater camp in the last week and i really liked it but there, there i certainly thought there was a couple moments that used it for its creative advantage that i thought was really funny but sometimes it didn't quite feel right um, and in this one, it it felt so natural. I really felt like it was this guy just compiling footage. There were certainly some times where it felt like, so, so I guess like there's some, some times where it certainly felt like edited and like overproduced and whatnot, but like, like as if we were watching this guy compile and release his own YouTube videos, or we're watching like a daily, like couple minutes every vid- every, every day he puts out a video. Like it really felt like a, like a, student film project of real footage that sure sometimes he might overproduce or whatnot you know uh or just produce in general to be more than you know only the footage not not to the level of like when logan and logan he finds the 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 super edited footage of the the child thing Mm -hmm. um i just found out that the director is attached to uh the lilo and stitch remake and now i have total faith in that movie oh yeah um so i did not know that and i was cautious but that director and then billy magnuson is pleakley and zach alfanakis is jumba like guys i don't have worries anymore <laughs> i'm down yeah stop motion <laughs> stitch let's do it i hope it's stop motion i don't know that it will be but i, I hope so <laughs> um or at least stitch and stop motion anyway yeah. just uh yeah just um whatever this guy does next i'm on board so. well and that sort of goes into my last note like they're just like slice of life and I know it's built off sorts, but like if the two of them ever got together again and said, Hey, we, it doesn't need it because it looks great as a standalone. But if the two of them got together and like said, Hey, we've got this second Marcel story we were really passionate about and we really want to tell. Sure. Fine, go ahead. Hundred percent faith, like you're saying. Like, if if we never get another, I'm perfectly fine. Just yep. watching this one over and over again. But if they ever came out and said, "Hey, we had this idea that we really love, and we want another, do another Marcel feature," I'm there. Yeah, or or same thing. If the director's like, "No, I just wanted to tell that one story, and mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin it," or or you know what, I came up with an idea I really like. You know, I'm sure a twenty four would be like. You do it. Like, we're good. Um, so, um, Jake, any last thoughts? Uh, not particularly. Yeah, I mean, even if he just gets a chance to make more, like, Marcel short films, I think that would just be awesome, too. Just kind of see how Marcel is processing our world as it changes. Mm-hmm. Always I nice. I haven't, but I'm just curious. Have you... I know, Aaron, you probably haven't, because you just watched it. But 
Have you gone back and watched any of the shorts? I haven't. I've I've just watched this the two times, but maybe I will eventually. But have you? Gone I would back love and to watch any of the YouTube shorts or anything. I have not yet, but yeah, I'll definitely seek them out soon. Uh, yeah, I I would love to. Um, that'd be a lot of fun for me. Um, so um, B plot. Yeah, let's go. Uh, best ever movies based off of shorts. We're doing this best ever challenge style, so Trump rules and whatnot. Uh, so we'll go number five to number one. Uh, we're doing so the movie has to be based off of a short. We'll do honorable mentions at the end, and um, we'll talk about the movie whenever it reaches the highest. Um, again, honorable mentions are just kind of like mentions. We're not talking about them in any depth, but we can talk about the top five. Like so. Number five to number one. Um, let's go in this order. How about um, let's go Jake H, me, and then Jake B. Um, okay. So there's no way that I could ever like split it up the, so it's not just Jake. Anyway. <laughs> um, okay. So kick us off. Uh, number five, I've got Napoleon Dynamite. Trump. Okay. Wow. All right. Uh, number five, I have 12 Monkeys. List of Shame. List of Shame. Wow. All right. Um yeah, I knew it was based off of something. I thought it was based off of a French movie, not a French short. Uh, 12 Monkeys is maybe the most intriguing, especially in terms of the actual sci- sci- sci-fi element of time travel that there's ever been. Um, it's got one of my favorite Brad Pitt performances. It's got a really great, like, you know how it's easy to look at Bruce Willis's career kind of in retrospect, especially recently, and be like, oh man, he really kind of like fell off and um, just took a paycheck right and like sure but dude like earned it like he earned the right to do that and just be like you know i don't care what you think right and, um it's a really great performance from him um terry gilliam directing um just awesome story awesome mystery one that you can pop on every i would say every couple of years and like just kind of forget like you know kind of the end goal but you forget the, the little surprises along the way and um just just great i love 12 monkeys uh number fours uh, my number five, uh, oh. first, is no. Uh, no. <laughs> is a movie that was actually just mentioned a few a few minutes ago. My number five is Theater Camp. Trump. Trump. I yep. thought so. All right. So then my number four, then, I have Anna and the Apocalypse. List of shame. There are a lot of list of shames. Yeah. Movies mm-hmm. I've heard about that I just haven't gotten around to. This is I one. started this one and got about 10 minutes in and decided it's not for me, but I was watching it alone. I really think I just need to like grab my wife and sit down and watch it one day. And I think I'd really enjoy it. Yeah, no, totally fair. It is super campy um, for those that haven't heard of it or seen it, which is most people. Um, it is a British Christmas zombie comic comedy musical. Um, about a group of teenagers in Scotland who find themselves faced with a zombie apocalypse right before their Christmas break. And they have to deal with kind of fighting both the zombies and normal teen high school drama tropes. Um, it's a ton of fun. The songs are all great. Um, and again, it's just campy as hell. And I'm here for that. Sure. My number four will get trumped because it's a uh, theater game. Trump. My number four will also get trumped uh, because it's short term 12. Yeah, I'll trump that. Number threes. All right. So that is where I have theater camp. So we can talk about that. Oh, now. cool. Yeah. Kick us off. You have the highest. Uh, yeah. Um, new film this year. Um, mockumentary musical about a group of kids at theater camp in upstate New York. Um, again, songs are great. It's fun. It's campy. Um, and 
just had a lot of fun with it. Um, this man, I really, I think I'm going to love this movie a lot more on a re- on a second watch. I put in my letterbox review. I think this movie is going to be like, you know, the nice guys or heavyweights or pop star for me where I'm just going to watch it like two or three times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so funny. And like when it's funny, it's not chuckle funny. It's I'm going to roll out of my seat laughing. Um, I had the biggest laugh of the year from theater camp and to not totally, to not spoil the joke. Um, but it's about an Airbnb guy at the camp. Um, and it just, it just, it just hit me perfectly. Um, and if the, I know the Oscar nominations aren't officially out yet, but according to the shortlist, I'm going to like, I would love to see the theater camp camp isn't home song, get a nomination. It's not Mm -hmm. going to, but I wish it would. Um, because it's just like that perfect kind of stupid that I just love. Uh, it fits the movie perfectly. Uh, and I just, I, w- like, I wish the movie was longer or like, or like, I wish like, um, I'm blanking on her name right now. AO at a, uh, from at the bear. Yeah. At a berry. Um, I wish she had more to do like, cause I loved every second she was on, but she was maybe like five minutes of screen time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, Ben Platt gets some redemption after Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, but he's also like he's playing a caricature of himself, which is really fun. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just you know Molly uh, Molly Gordon's great. Uh, just yeah, just a uh, lot of fun with that. Jake, uh, yeah, to second everything you basically said, Aaron, I really liked it. Just not as much as you know a lot of people I know in the, the Sif Pop community. But yeah, I had a lot of fun and it's one I could see myself rewatching and just growing over time, which is essentially what happened with my number three and is why it's ahead of the couple others. Uh with well, if we're good before uh, you get to my num your number three, yeah. I get to say my number three. Go right ahead. Uh what we do in the shadows. Trump. Yeah, I figured. Okay, Jake. <laughs> Um, How, really? Yes. <laughs> Have you seen the show? Uh, no, because I want to watch the movie. And yeah. the one time, the just the one time I started watching it, I was getting my stolen car back from Colorado. So I got to my hotel room after picking it up and fell asleep. And the streaming service gods have just not aligned for me. Mm. So, but yeah, I will get to Fair. that. But yeah, list of. Uh, so my number three uh, is Napoleon Dynamite. Um, no movie I think was bigger during my middle school days than this movie. And I hated this movie when I first saw it. I was not on its wavelength, but I've seen it like five or ten times since. And I've just grown to love it. Like, it's quirky. It's fun. It's very much, I think, probably of its time. But, yeah, it's still quoted to this day. Um, I, I, I love this movie. I think I missed my window for this movie because I watched it when it came out. It was what two thousand and four, somewhere on there, maybe two thousand around that. Yeah, yeah, uh, two thousand four. Nailed it. I was nine, um, and I think it's a perfect high schooler, maybe like early college movie. But I was actually I would have been high school, freshman. I didn't like it. I hated it. Um, and I and, get that. And then I and then I never watched it again. And I think at this point, as a twenty eight year old, I would still hate it. Um, I think I missed the window of really falling in love with that movie and fine, but, but that's it. I, I, I understand why people love it and people that love it understand why I hate it. And I think like, 
I've never seen that with a movie before where you're like, oh, I get it. Like, it is very polarizing and I understand all sides. So, you know, anyway, uh, Jake, you had it at five. Uh, do you, did you want to say anything? Yeah, no, I watched it for the first time in, I think it was middle school and really enjoyed it at the time. Um, I haven't gone back to it since probably high school. And I think a lot of that's just because I'm afraid it won't have aged very well. And I'd rather keep the happy memories than possibly taint it. Um, but it's it's so endlessly quotable. It's got a lot of great moments. Um, and it's a ton of stupid fun. Fair. Yeah. I relate to stupid. Uh, <laughs> uh, you're number two then, Jake. Uh, this is where I have what we do in the shadows. Cool. Um, one of my favorite movies, it's in my top hundred of all time. Um, Taika's one of my favorite directors. And I think this is maybe one of his best performances. I don't know if it's his favorite film of mine, um, but I love his kind of role in it and how he plays kind of the more uptight Victorian era vampire. Um, and then just in general, seeing all the kind of the different eras of vampires, how they all interact together, just the different comedic performances by him and Jermaine Clement, um, everybody else kind of chipping in there as well. Um, the TV show is great too. Um, personally, I think I prefer the movie, um, but I can't critique the show too much either. Yeah, um, I'll kind of agree with you. I think it's my favorite Taika performance. Uh, not my favorite Taika movie. That would go to Jojo Rabbit. Same. Um, but probably my second favorite Taika movie. Um, and But the thing about it, even though it's my favorite Taika performance, like Jermaine Clement is, is, is the yeah. reason to watch that movie in terms of like four actors. Um, but And then it's really funny because I strongly prefer the show. I really loved the, the movie, but the show is just better in every way and uh partly we get more time right and shorter Mm -hmm. amount of times i think especially this mockumentary style works really well in like the small 20 minute chunks than it does the one hour and a half long thing um but uh but then even you watch the show and you're like okay so taika was upstaged by jermaine clement but all of them are upstaged by matt barry in the show uh who just is the goat of vampire mockumentary so Mm -hmm. um no it's it's really great uh there's there's a lot of fun kind of like we talk about Marcel, there's just a lot of fun, clever things thrown in there, you know, every, like with the werewolves or with the way that they do. It's just, it's just kind of a perfect, like not serious can throw on at any time mm-hmm. background or main watch. Like, you know, just, it's just great. It's a crisp, like 85 minutes. It's great. Yeah. Um, that's my number two. This is where I have short term 12. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's, just kind of incredible uh super emotional um excellent performances uh rami malik john gallagher jr uh lakeith stanfield brie larson uh brie larson's i would say best performance i mean she's totally great and room and worthy of her oscar but either way this is certainly more room than it is captain marvel um lakeith lakeith stanfield's like super young in this movie he's great um i would say rami malik's best performance um I haven't seen Mr. Robot, but um, it's just it's just really good. It'll break your heart in all the right ways. Um, it'll restore your faith in humanity in all the right ways. It'll it's very well directed by the guy that did Just Mercy and Shang Chi. Um, I just I love this movie. I do as well. This is one that I just watched for the first time a couple months back uh, when we were prepping for 
uh, Brie Larson, BEC, because it's one of those that everybody says is great, and it's one of those movies, sort of like Lady Bird, where you watch it, and you're like, oh my gosh, it has all these people in it, and they're mm-hmm, all super mm-hmm. famous, and it, it is fantastic. Um, the only thing that sort of held it back from being a little, you know, uh, you know, one spot higher maybe on this list is I've seen Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> and, I've, and I've only seen this the one so far, but it's it's great. Yeah, I, I loved it. Oh, and also in that cast that haven't mentioned Caitlin Deaver, as previously mentioned, uh, and Stephanie Beatrice in a really different role from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, yeah, movie's great. You should check it out. On to our number ones. Hold on. Uh, right. Nope. Sorry. Not not yet. My bad. We can, Nor, I'm used we can, to going last. We can say all our ones in unison in a second. It's fine. Uh, but my number two is, you know, every once in a while on X or Twitter, gets what's the best movie you've ever seen that nobody's ever heard of? And this is one of the answers I always throw out. And I just double-checked to show how nobody's seen this movie. It's nobody in Sif Pop that I follow has seen this movie. It's got less than 8,000 members to watch on Letterboxd. It's called Before I Disappear, uh, directed by Sean Christensen, who directed the Oscar-winning short uh, that it's based on. Uh, he plays the uncle of a little girl, played by the voice of Dorothy, actually. Um and he's sort of forced to babysit her, like, over the course of a few hours in a low point um, in his life. So uh, it's just one of those movies that I was scrolling Netflix at a time when scrolling Netflix usually meant me landing on something super depressing, but great. And that super, this super fits the bill. It's really good, but, you know, just be in the mood for something like it. Um if you're going to check it out, uh, it, it's great. More people should see it. Uh, it's on my watch list now and it's streaming free on Canopy, which I have with a library card. So check it out. Um, time for our number ones. We're not saying on the count of three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm not alone, but uh, Whiplash. It's Whiplash. Yeah, it has to whiplash. be. <laughs> it's, I, I've seen the short because it's on the Blu-ray and the short's good, but God, the movie's just perfect. Yeah, it's so good. It's like, a five star perfect. Yeah. Like it's, 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 first of all, it's easily the most tense I've ever felt in a movie. Um, the only thing that I would say came close is gravity. Um, it like, it's, it's just remarkably tense. JK Simmons is giving the performance of his career, which is saying something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easily miles Teller's best performance, mm-hmm. uh, which is not saying the most, but you know, um, it's, uh, that ending like, scene. What a, what a statement for that to be your directorial debut. Yeah. And not only that, but like for the studios to say, hey, we liked your short. We like your idea for this La La Land movie, but we're not going to give you that much money just yet. Why don't you make a movie beforehand? It's like, all right, well, I'll just whip this up in a year. And it's just, like, okay, fine. I guess the dude's more talented than anybody else right now. <laughs> it's so good. It, it has a couple of the best scenes. Like when when the veil is finally dropped in the first rehearsal scene is terrifying. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And then that that final performance scene is just hands down one of the best movie scenes of all time. It's it is so good. maybe my favorite like movie, like last frames ever. 
Um, it's perfect. And as a drummer, also, um, never like pushed by an abusive person, but as a drummer, like I just, I just love it. Um, Jake, did you have anything to add? Uh, no, I just agree with everything you guys have said. Amazing performances, amazing scenes. You know, five star film. Nice. Um, yeah, if I could go back, that would have been one. I don't think it was nominated for best picture, but I, I would love to see it. Not just nominated, but win. Uh, thank God J.K. Simmons won the Oscar, though. Because mm-hmm. uh, that would be like the biggest travesty in, in Oscars history if you could go back. You know, It'd be like Shakespeare in Love winning Best Picture over Saving Private Ryan and J.K. Simmons not winning. <laughs> like, with that. Um, honorable mentions time. I have uh, five. Um, I only have two. I've got okay. five as well. Uh, well, I had Marcel the Show with shoes on in my honorable mentions. Yeah, and to to be fair, that would have probably been two or three, but since we talked about it, I didn't want to put it in. The I list. should have mentioned, like, for our best ever challenges, yeah. that, like, I, I'm okay with putting the film that we talk about because it's not a new release. I know, like, Sif Pop proper, you can't do that. You don't do that, but... Um, but since we're talking about things that a lot of times is rewatches for you guys. Um, mm-hmm. So um, uh, the biggest shock to me is that the original evil dead is based off of a short. Um, I don't particularly love that one, but the fact that like, I like, I like the franchise. Um, I also have district nine. This is the end. And so close to making my number five was boogie nights. I would have thought saw would have, with you being oh, such a fan shoot. of that franchise. That I was, forgot. That was my other honorable mention. I had This is the End and Saw uh, as honorable mentions. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, retroactively, I'm going to put Saw at number three. Bump everything else down one. Shucks. I just totally forgot, and I even looked at your Wikipedia list, and I think I must have just skimmed over it. Damn. Uh, anything we missed? Uh, yeah, so I had, I had District 9, and this is the end as well. And then I also have uh, Rise of the Guardians, Yes, God, Yes, and then Rare Exports. It's a really weird Finnish Christmas horror film. But I know what's going on my watch list. <laughs> Finnish Christmas horror list? What was that one called? Because Yes, God, Yes is on my watch list. has been yeah. since it came out. Uh, Rare Exports. Um, Rare it's Exports. about this small town in Finland, and a group of miners like, unearths an ancient evil Santa Rare Exports, a Christmas Tale, or Rare yeah. Exports, Inc.? Okay, Christmas Tale. Uh, Christmas Tale. I think Inc. is the short film it's based on. Okay. I just looked up on Letterboxd so I can find the... Add it to my watch list and all that good stuff. I love Christmas horror movies. Like, man, Krampus is actually really fun. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, the the C plot, I don't have anything for this guy for this, so if you guys would like to say short films that you would like to see turned into feature films, uh, you can take it ahead. away. Okay. Um, so the first one I have, it's short film, came out about 10 years ago. It won the Oscar for Best Live Action Short. Um, it's called The Phone Call. Um, don't know if you guys have seen it, but it is Sally Hawkins and Jim Broadbent. Um, she plays a like phone line, kind of help line caller, um, and he is calling in. Um, he's suicidal, and it's just a like 20-minute conversation between the two of them. Um, amazing little short, great acting um, and I think it could be kind of expanded to see kind of more interaction she has with different callers, maybe expand kind of her life a little bit. Um, and kind of any of the shorts I could think of, I think it's one that could actually work as a feature film. I think some of them are a bit more stretches that I'll have later on, but I think that one could work. Yeah, that was a big thing for me because like a lot of the 
shorts I have on. Like the Pixar shorts work perfect as Pixar okay. shorts. Like yep. you don't need to lengthen a Charlie Brown holiday special. So yep. That was one of the things that sort of... Um, so I've got five technically, but I'm going to take a couple of them in groups because you can sort of group them together. Uh, maybe I'll do four. How many do you have? Um, I have four in total. Okay, so I'll, I'll do it as four. So I'll start with my double. Um, so I don't know if either of you watch Star Wars Visions. It's basically an animation mm-hmm. studio. Comes in, makes a short little Star Wars film, and then pieces out. So there's just two Star Wars shorts uh, from the two series that I thought looked really great. Uh, and I'd love to see expanded into an actual three. Uh, one is The Ninth Jedi. Um and one is, and this one's by Cartoon Saloon, which makes it even greater. Uh, it's called Screechers Reach. So uh, there's a lot of great Star Wars stuff in those those little vision shorts. So I'd encourage you to watch if you haven't given those a shot. Because it's just fun world building without any sort of shackles. So those are two of my favorites. Cool. Um, so the next one I have, it's it's a bit more of a special than a short, but it's like 50 minutes long, so I thought it was close enough to fit the bill. Um, it's the Werewolf by Night, the Marvel kind of Halloween mm. short that came out a couple years ago, directed by Michael Giacchino. Mm. Um, I thought it was really interesting. It had a lot of kind of fun atmosphere. I thought the tone was really interesting, but I do think it would benefit from kind of being a little bit longer just so you could really flesh out the characters. Um and I think kind of given a full 90-minute runtime, um, I think it could be something that's better than what it was able to be. That's a good pick. Uh, one of the recent... I think this won the Oscar. Um, it, I think, had Quran, Alfonso Coran as one of the producers. Which mm. is, and producers help things win Oscars and get nominated <laughs> in these categories. Just look at the boy and the horse last year. Uh <laughs> Which shouldn't have won. But anyway, uh, Le Pupile, I think if I'm pronouncing that right, in Italian, was just a fun little story about uh, girls wreaking a little havoc over a cake at at a convent in Italy. It's a fun dynamic that's, I think, really ripe for just being expanded upon. Uh, which is one of two sort of things I was looking at when I was deciding what do I what do I want for this list? To either would it be a fun expansion or would it be better? And this is one that I think would just be a fun expansion if you had time to flesh it out into a feature. Yes, and then so for my next one, um, so I wanted to include something Pixar just because that's most of the shorts that I consume. Um, I agree that none of them really should be expanded they're all perfect kind of as they are but the one that i thought could best work is the blue umbrella um played in front of monsters university you know 10 15 years ago whenever that came out um and it's just this beautifully animated story of kind of two umbrellas who find love um i think the animation style is really unique and kind of unlike a bunch of their other work um and if nothing else wouldn't mind just looking at it for an hour plus um, even if, you know, I think the story would need a little bit of doctoring, but if anyone can do it, it's Pixar. So. Could it use a little Pete doctoring? Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, 
So these last two uh, I just watched recently because I too watched Dawn, Dawn of the Nugget recently and was going down a, and Bella Ramsey plays the young chicken in that one and that got me down a letterboxed rabbit hole for her and she had some interesting shorts that were available online uh, that I think would work better fleshed out a little more. Uh, I had some time to, to watch them, so I checked them out. The first one is called Requiem. Uh, here she plays the daughter of a preacher during the witch trials. I think it takes place somewhere in England, uh, who's in a uh, relationship with another girl in their town. So it it's a great premise. It works fine in, you know, the I think 20 minutes that it runs. But I think it's just one of those uh, shorts that would just benefit from being able to flesh things out a little bit more. And I think it could be, you know, a really powerful story in about somewhere in the 90-minute, two-hour range, if you could stretch it out a little bit. Cool. All right. So for my last one, I don't, frankly, I don't think there's any chance this would actually be a good movie, um, but I think it would be a cult classic and would have a lot of great moments. Um, but I would love to see a feature length film starring Bill Hader as Stefan um, and just little fun, crazy adventure with him going around New York and going to all the different. I think that movie would be incredible. I mean, <laughs> he's one of my favorite SNL characters ever. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. My most desired spinoff of all time is Bill Hader and Seth Rogen's cops from Superbad. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, uh, I think you would. I think it would start off being something dumb, but it would actually wind up being something like really fun and meaningful. Like mm-hmm. you know, the inception of that movie starts with like, all right, cool, send Stefan on the streets. Like when they sent Will Ferrell on the streets and Elf, you know, mm-hmm. which I know that was the last thing shot for me, but you know, that's how it starts, and then it would be something genuinely great. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, is that it? Uh, one last one from me. Uh, just another Bella Ramsey one uh, that I happened to catch. Uh, it's called Zero. Uh, so she plays a young girl whose dad is killed by an electromagnetic pulse event, post-apocalyptic thing. Uh, so she's left all alone has to manage on her own. And, you know, he's told her not to leave the house. But, of course, eventually she has to. And, again, it's just another one of those that I think is a, is fine as a short, but I think if you extend it a little bit, build it out a little more, it could be really pretty good. So Cool. Uh, on to the spinoff then. That one thing in any area of pop culture you want everybody to check out or to stay away from i will kick us off um because i've been watching plenty of new movies uh trying to get as much off of my 2023 watch list as i can before we uh do the sifties stuff uh on the site and on the podcast um so um yeah got like two weeks before i got to be done with all that so um working on all that but on christmas eve and christmas day i didn't watch any new movies uh for this year because we just watched a couple Christmas movies um, in the background while we were doing stuff. So uh, except Christmas Day, my wife worked and I thought there is one Christmas movie that I own that I want to take off my watch list uh, because it will be a year before I watch it again. 
uh, before I want to watch it again. And I'd rather just get it done with now. So I popped in for the first time ever, Bad Santa, and didn't like it. Um, (laughs) I wanted Billy Bob Thornton being funny and doing a, you know, dirty Santa kind of routine. And uh, he certainly does that. But the movie actually takes itself kind of seriously, which I wasn't expecting. And it wind up wound up having a lot more heart than I thought. Um, and than I thought it would and had significantly fewer laughs than I thought it would. And I think just not being in that mindset really hurt it. But uh, it's it's still not something that I would like to see again. Um, yeah, if if you're going to make a movie called Bad Santa starring 2003 Billy Bob Thornton, I just kind of want, you know, from the from the minds of the people that wrote Super Bad or Dumb and Dumber or pop star never stop never stopping you know like um i i I didn't hate it but i didn't like it um i'm going i'm gonna like it a little bit in a second i think it's just okay scale going dislike um not worth your time i don't think i I don't think anybody would have ever said sure it is but um all i wanted was some laughs i didn't get them but i did get a little heart and that was a surprise so that's why i didn't go hate it so uh whoever wants to go next uh yeah so show that my wife and i just kind of binged through recently um is the rehearsal um so we're waiting to watch the curse until that finishes running so we can all just kind of binge in a sitting um but i did want to go through something nathan fielder first to kind of prepare her for his comedy style Mm -hmm. um and settle on the rehearsal um quick little mini series that's on hbo um he essentially is helping people to rehearse some like difficult kind of conversation events in life and doing so by as meticulously like creating a simulation in which they can prepare for it. Um, So like the first episode, it's just a guy who's trying to apologize to one of his teammates for a lie that he told them. Um, But Nathan Fielder goes through and like exactly recreates the bar that the apology is going to be in and hires actors to kind of play as all the different customers and like stalks the person he's going to be like apologizing to so they can get her mannerisms down to a science. Um, And it's really funny. It's got some great meta commentary on like how prepared you really can be for anything in life. Um, It starts to kind of get meta about like the preparation for the show itself and how kind of Nathan Fielder is processing everything. Um, And if you like his kind of sensibilities, if you like Nathan for you, um, I think it's definitely one to check out. I do need to finish the show, but I'll also add, I think it has some of the most clever editing that TV has ever had. Yes. Yeah. Strong agree. Yeah. Jake. Uh, so I'm going to go with a classic movie that's been on my list for a couple years. Uh, and sort of throwing back to a conversation you and Nash had last week about mm-hmm. what would happen if a same director just got yes. to remake a movie. Yes. Uh, well, that actually happened. And you probably are more familiar with the remake that I finally got to watch because it came on TCM finally than you are the original. Because the remake is called An Affair to Remember, starring Cary Grant and Deborah Kerr, uh, both directed by Leo McCary, same movie. The other one's uh, Charles Barry, or Charles Boyer and Aline Dunn. It's sort of similar plot to Sleepless in Seattle, I guess. Uh, two people, Cary Grant, Irene Dunn, fall in love on a cruise. And, but they're engaged to other people. So they say, all right, if we're still in love, want to get married, we'll meet each other at the top of the Empire State Building in six months' time. Um, 
and it's really good. It it's one of my favorite Cary Grant dramatic roles, though. Uh, it's interesting. They do some stuff to play to each of their actors' strengths. Like, there's some comedic touches for Cary Grant. There's some musical stuff for Deborah Kerr, who's also in The King and I. Um, but it's, I don't think it's quite as good as the original, which is called Love Affair. So, uh, I'd almost recommend you check that one out instead, but it's still a recommend if the one you can come across is an affair too. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm really intrigued by that um, conversation and I'm going to make it a B plot. I think there's a week that Robert and Nash will be on. I think that'll be the perfect week to have that one. So, um, well, we did it guys. That's a wrap. Remember you can follow the Jakes on Letterboxd uh, that they provide at the top of the show or Instagram. If you want to find, if you want to see uh, uh, baked goods and dogs. Uh, <laughs> I have neither. <laughs> um, uh, you, I'll also have their Letterboxd handles in the show description to make it nice and easy for you to follow them. You can follow me on social media places at Schweit Castle. Quick reminder, Sip Pop Writing Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. If you're interested in writing for SipPop.com or you want to get in contact with the show, send us a question to Explorer in the B-plot. Uh, give us some feedback, any of that. Email writersroom at SipPop.com. Please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify if you happen to be listening on either of those platforms. Next week, Joe is uh, coming on the show. And we're doing the um, want each other to love a movie that uh, that we don't currently, but the other one does. So I want Joe to love Looper because um, he didn't. And I love Looper and he wants me to love Donnie Darko and I don't. But maybe after this watch, I finally will. Um, and so come back next week to find out uh, if my feelings on Donnie Darko change or if his feelings on Looper change. Uh, what would be really funny is if, I watch Looper and decide I hate it, or he watches Donnie Darko and decide he hates it. Like that would be really funny if we wound up changing our own mind, but uh, no, um, hopefully not. Uh, and in two weeks, uh, I'll be joined by the Jakes again, as well as all the other hip hop writers, because they're going to send me their top five of 2023 uh, films. So, um, and you'll get to hear my 23 movie opinions on 2023, um, as well as my top five. But uh, every writer is going to get an opportunity to submit um, for that. So we will see you uh, in two weeks for that and next week for the episode with Joe. But guys, thank you so much for spending your time watching these movies, recording this podcast while we're, you know, when you could be watching the Iowa Hawkeyes get stomped. Are they um, really? I haven't even said it, it was 21 to, to zero shortly after half. Oh, well, they can't um, score 21 points. It's over. <laughs> it's current. It's currently 28 to zero with 12 minutes left. And I don't know about the winter classic yet. Um, See, because I I'm just going to go watch it from the start. Yeah. You DVR. saved me from myself. This yep. was a much better use of my time. I got you. I got <laughs> you anytime. Um, thank you guys for joining. Oh, as always, I appreciate chatting with you and look forward to having you on in the future as early as two weeks. So that'll do it. And um, we've got to get back to the writer's room.